handle the truth. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back. Thomas Freeme and the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show coming to you live tonight on the wrong screen. Swap. Bam. There we go. Demetrius will not be with us tonight. That's why I went to the live screen. I was a little discombobulated. Um, he is in the process of moving and, uh, you know, taking a little time off. You know, like I told him, you know, sometime maybe, you know, maybe I want to take a night off and let him run a show, you know. So he's moving. He's doing his thing, man. We moving. We doing our thing. And this is Thursday night. Get right. Blessings. Welcome. Thank you. For joining, tuning in. Uh, again, many blessings going out to all those that are inflicted by everything going on, man. Like, what the hell is going on in our country? My goodness, up in Ohio now. Pray for those up in the Ohio area, man, dealing with the, the, the train wreck from East Palestine. You know, we got a, we had a, a fire down here in, in, in Florida, South Florida today, man. Like, Five acres of plastic bottles being burned. Like, man, what is going on around here? All these food processing plants being burned up. Chickens being killed. Ducks being killed. Man, what the hell is going on around here? But we're going to talk about something different. Man, we're going we're gonna to flip the script a little tonight since I'm riding solo. I'm going to be talking about, uh, I had a request from a, a, a loyal subscriber and follower. And she requested that we talk about, you know, prison, prison programs and such, and the returning citizen, how much do they help? How much do they hurt? Do they exist? You know, all of these things. So I'm going to get into a little bit of that. And we're going to talk about programming, prison programming. How much help is there really inside for prisoners? Um, it's 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 a complex discussion because each prison is ran by a warden and and each warden has their programs that they want implemented. Some wardens don't want any programs implemented, you know, so it, it just it varies. This was the crux of a lot of our issues inside, um, uh, specifically with me and the difference between the feds and the state. Right. With the feds, you're able to, to move around a little bit more. There's more funding, um, there's better programming, things of that nature, better skill skill uh, trades to be learned, things of that nature. So I'm speaking from a federal experience, but I, I did do some state time back in the mid '90s. But a lot of my uh, a lot of my experience with the state and what I'll be sharing with programs come from other individuals who are currently incarcerated now, and and a whole another factor to this is COVID. Right. COVID COVID threw a factor into all of this as well, because you had people that were waiting for years to get into a program. And now when COVID came, that that program either got shut down or or they couldn't get into it. So. Let's talk a little bit about the difference between the feds and the state. First and foremost, I always have to give notice to the fact that state inmates have no air conditioning. Right. We made a big deal about Brittany Griner being over there in Russia, cold or her dreadlocks freezing off. And she had to cut her hair because, my goodness, it was so cold. But 
every every day down here in the in the in the southern border as hot as it gets it very rarely gets cool so every day they're down here with no ac two three bodies sometimes in a cell or if it's open bay dorm the best that you got is is ceiling fans um which I think the states down here most is open bay dorm and then they have annexes and I believe the annexes have air conditioning but again I'm not too sure on that um I was actually in part because annexes wasn't they weren't there when I was in the state I was actually part of building the annex uh in in DeSoto CI out there in Florida the one that they got now so and then as I was saying with the feds it's a lot easier to move around. Um, the federal government, you could go anywhere in the nation. They can send you anywhere in the nation. And you can put in for programs to be transferred, uh, special programs, government-funded programs. Um, you can put in for transfers to go there. Uh, certain skilled programs, maybe um, uh, leatherworking, welding, uh, HVAC, things of that nature. You can put in to go... Uh, for prison transfers to go to these programs state however you is is very very hard to move around when when you're in state when you're in a prison you're in that prison and you could be in that prison for 20 30 years go through four or five different warden changes so it's a lot harder on state inmates i believe in my opinion to get that consistent programming because there's so many disruptions you know, there's so many disruptions. Um, and then as you get up into higher secured institutions, maximum security, um, max high, you know, uh, medium high security, you know, around in that borderline is very hard to program in these institutions because they're constantly going on lockdown. And those wardens are more penal minded. They're more uh, not so much about programming, but more about locking these individuals down um, and just keeping them in their cell for much, you know, as long as they possibly can. So then you have two really two, two different types of programming. You have, you know, your, your institution ran programs and then you have inmate ran programs. For me, I never got involved with an institution-ran program because I, I just knew why that program was there. It was only there for funding. It's only the, they, they hire the, the, the cheapest teachers that they can. I think when I was in the state prison, my teacher was, if I remember, she was about maybe 69 or 70, had one arm. She, was, she had a nub right here, missing an arm, had one arm here, and she was in there um, teaching doing her thing. God bless her soul. Anyhow. When we get into the inmate programs, those are where the true um, changes occur, in my opinion. Um, an inmate that takes the, the, the initiative to create a program and get it approved by the institution takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work, a lot of uh, persistence, a lot of strength, because anytime that you go and ask the institution for anything, their first response is no, all the time. It's a no. So 
even if you're allowed a, a brief moment to just get out your plan, you have to know that you're going to be received with a no. So it's it's breaking down these walls to finally get a program implemented inside of an institution. This is an individual who wants to teach. You know, this is an individual who wants to teach. So when we see other inmates going to that extreme to have classes and run classes, we go to them. We go to them just to support them, even if we're not paying attention, but we go just at least support to fill up the classrooms. So when inmates are in charge of running things, we know that the care is there. I think a reason why a lot of us don't go into state-ran programs is because we know that it's 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 not fully there. The care is not there. It's only there because, one, the state has to have some sort of educational system in there to call it a, a, a rehabilitative center, you know, that, that prison is about rehabilitation. So they have to have some books, something, right? So they have these programs in there just to tell the public, yes, we have programs in our prison. We have these. This is what we have on the books. But when you get into it, it's 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 really uh it's a hangout. You know, it's it's a hangout for individuals. Um depending on the compound, maybe they don't get to see each other that much on the compound, so they go to school so that they can hang out in school. But but change is not occurring in state-ran, you know, uh, programs. The change is occurring in these these inmate-ran programs. And what I have been seeing a lot more of is inmates taking the initiative and informing groups, um, power groups, talk groups, uh, prison oversight groups. Um, And and it has reached out, and I did an episode not too long ago about uh, Sentinella prison out in California where, and I believe it's all prisons out in California where they actually have a committee with the inmates inside and the inmates family on the outside, be it their spouse or parents are part of this committee that they communicate with one another about the runnings of the prison that then they can set up an actual meeting to go in with the board of the prison and discuss some of these issues these are these are steps that we have to take, and and this is what I'm talking about when I say that we, the community, have to start getting involved in our education system. We have to start getting involved in our prison system. We have to start getting involved. We have to stop sitting on our couches, making sure that these prisons are producing um, the education that that they're requiring, that they're getting funding for, making sure that this funding. We have to start checking the books on these things. And I know when I bring this up, a lot of people start saying, well, how can we? Because uh, in the case of Miss Paula Kinsu, you know, all the, the, the emails that she's been sending me, um, we're, we're caught with roadblocks every time we try to seek information. But we just have to break those, those walls down. We have to break those walls down and, and get these prisons to open their gates up to community leaders, community organizations, nonprofits, things of that nature, so that we can make sure that we are getting what is required inside of those prisons to make sure that these programs are being implemented, 
that they're being taught properly and that they are changing, you know, these, these inmates lives because at the end of the day, programs can be there. There are some institutions that have some great programs. There are some institutions that have some great wardens. And there are some institutions that have wardens that are about change. Now, those wardens have to fight against Congress as well. I would love to have some of these wardens on here talking about some of the hurdles, the bricks that they have to go through in order to run a a positive prison, right? So at the end of the day, those programs can be there, but if the individual themselves are not ready to change. The individuals themselves are not ready to change. You know, I just had a great episode I'm editing now, Get Out, with Miss Penny Pierce. And Miss Penny Pierce is a famed author, um, and she writes on personal vibration. She writes on on the the power of positivity and, and how we produce positivity no matter where we're at. So until the individual comes to that point to where they are ready to learn and change and accept the fact that they are ignorant. That's what I had to do. I had to accept the fact that I was ignorant and be okay with that so that I can eliminate that ignorance and replace it with education. For me, it was coming to understand that everything that I knew was implemented into my brain by other people. My whole knowledge was just other people's perceptions other people's opinions. When my parents would tell me things, when my brother would tell me things, when friends that I had close to me at that time would tell me things, I never fact-checked them. I never went and looked them up. I just took them as truth, as, as honesty. But it was these people's lives. It was their experiences and their perceptions that they were putting into me. But I myself never processed my own experiences. I never processed my own life. I was living other people's lives. And that's why I ended up in some of the worst federal prisons in America. Because the people's lives that I was trying to imitate weren't positive role models, right? So again, getting back into the programming, this is what we're dealing with. A lot of that goes into what I'm I'm setting up down here in the Tampa Bay area because I'm going to be in charge for the Hillsborough County, um, Mr. Craig Powell, PowerNet of Tampa Bay, and Coming Home Coalition and its its collaboration of doing just that is setting up setting up programs and going into the into these institutions and talking to these inmates and 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 getting them to believe that these programs are ran, founded upon, set up by returning citizens. So there's a flock of us out here in Tampa Bay doing a lot of things and and making ground, busting down doors. And that is going to change the culture of how the prisoner does their time, I feel, because my whole bid... All I heard time and time again was that the public don't care. The public don't care. Man, look what they're doing to us. The public don't care. We're going to riot. We're going to set this place off. But what's going to happen? The public don't care. They're going to come in, lock us down, take away our food, take away our rights, visitation, 
for the next six months, all of these things. And what is the public going to do? They don't care. So you have, damn, there are 2.5 million people sitting in institutions that they feel like there's no hope for them to change. Why even, why even change? That is the culture that needs to change. Um, Gothic Harley Quinn, there is fear of passive retaliation. Now, that, that's a powerful comment because that is part of the programming as well, right? The fear. Many aspects of fear goes into educating yourself. Many aspects of fear goes into taking programs, right? Because we can look like chumps. We can look like uh, weak people, right? Oh, he's, he's going to school. Look at the schoolboy. Look at him to carrying his books to school. You know what I mean? We'll get teased and ridiculed, things of that nature. Um, that is that is again falls on the person. Are they willing and ready to cut ties with that life? Because that's what you have to do. You have to sever that life. You have to let go of that life. You have to let go of the machismo within that life. You have to let go of the pride and the ego and and everything that that life embodies. You have to let that go, right? So yeah, as you're walking across the compound with your notepad and stuff like that, people, your homeboys are going to tease you because they're not doing it. And, and, and therein lies the fear, the fear of your homeboys seeing you become something that they have lost hope in, right? There's, so there's, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear that goes into taking programs. You know, but it, again, it's it's on the individual. It's on the individual how bad they want it, how bad they're tired of, of surrounding themselves with with these individuals who just live in the past. You know, because that's what majority of the prison is, is people who live in the past. That's all we have. We have no present. We have no future. Most of us, you know, very slim individuals have a future that they're talking about inside. Most of the people just tell the same story over and over and over again because it's all they have. They'll have pictures of them and their homeboys and girls and chicks and cars and clubs and they'll have it smeared all over their lockers and their their billboards and, and, and everywhere they can, under the bunks when they're laying down. Is all we have is the past. And, and these are the things that we have to let go in order for programming to truly work. The programs are there. You know, I'm a firm believer now, I'm living experience that when you want something, it comes to you. When you want something bad enough, it comes to you. And if you want to change, that programming is going to come to you. You know, if, if you want books to read, those books are going to come to you. It's just how bad that you want them. Are you manifesting them through your body? Are you feeling them? Are you, do you want the change so bad that you're, you're crying at night? You know what I mean? That is the brokenness that man has to come to in order to change how we see things. Because at the end of the day, it's about appreciation. You know, it's about appreciation. I had to appreciate life. I had to understand why I was here. I had to I had to understand what my purpose was. 
I had to understand um, that I had purpose, that I was somebody special. And, and in order to do that, I had to let go of my past. And in order to do that, I had to stop hanging around individuals that were talking about past. And I, and I started noticing it. I've never noticed this before, but I'm sitting on the bleachers on the softball field like any other time, you know? I remember this day clear, clear as, as any other day because this, this was the pivotal moments in my life that I made decisions. But we're all sitting there and we're watching, you know, we're watching the softball game and, you know, the prison softball game and... You know, there's like 30, 40 of us sitting there and we're drinking hooch and some smoking weed and just watching this. It's a Sunday afternoon. And I'm listening to people's stories and I'm and I'm just sitting there in my mind. I'm like, as the dude's telling me this story, I'm saying like, dude, you've told me this story. My goodness, like 30 times. Every time we come out here and drink, you're telling this damn story, you know, and and I just started realizing like I turned to my right. Same story. Turn to my left. Same story. Drugs, bitches, money, running the town, VIP, all of this nonsense. And I just started telling myself, like, man, this ain't me. And I don't want to live like this. You know, I don't want to live like this. This isn't me. I'm more intelligent than this. I'm better than this. I'm better than sitting around telling her war stories about where I've been and what I've done. You know? And, um... I just started thinning them dudes out, you know, and it wasn't anything disrespectful. Good evening, um, Don Draper. Good evening. Good evening. And it wasn't anything disrespectful. I didn't think I was better than them because I'm in the same place that they're in. I started to understand that I was them and that they were me and that they chose not to progress. But why? Why not choose, or you know, why choose not to progress? You know, and and I'm just sitting there, and, I, and I'm like, Christ, I just popped off. And I'm just sitting there, and I'm, I'm like, why choose not to progress? And and all of these these childhood rhymes and and nursery rhymes and whatnot just started coming to me, like you know, ignorance is bliss, and and the story with the squirrel. And his nuts and the cricket out playing in the snow and all this stuff. It just, all of this stuff started making sense. You know, and ignorance is bliss. And when it comes to programming, some people, going back to, to Miss Miss Harley Quinn's comment on the fear, are scared to, to learn, right? Because ignorance may be a manipulation of theirs. Maybe there's people in their lives that, that are so um that are inhibitors to their ignorance, constantly coddling them, constantly making excuses for them, constantly getting them out of trouble and and weaseling them out of things. And when they get in with the dope man in prison, they're sending them money to cover it. And you know, it it, it so you have that. Why would he want to change? You know, and and these guys they sit in there and they play dominoes all day and they run around and they. They work out all day and they do absolutely nothing to educate themselves. You have individuals in there like that who who invest their time in building their bodies so that they can they can finesse a woman, then build their brains 
and 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 finesse CEOs and build businesses, right? Because we're, we're scared. We're scared that we can't achieve. We're scared of failure. We've been failing our whole life. We've been told we've been failing our whole life, and and it it um. I mean, I got caught up in that stuff. You know, I got caught up in that stuff in the physicalness. And and that's always been an issue of mine, per se, is is uh physical attractions, you know. That's why every one of my my relationships have turned toxic. That's why I'm taking a step away from them because I have to fix that toxicity within me and understand that relationships are more than than physicalness. And every one of my relationships, every one of my relationships was built off physical. You know, it was it was passion, it was physicalness, and that wears off. And 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 we don't understand that, right? And and we're setting ourselves up for failure when we're inside under that type of mentality of coming home and winning a woman with our looks, our bodies, things of that nature, because it wears off. And these people quickly realize that we're, we're not going anywhere. And our bodies and our looks only last so long. Got a couple questions coming in. So Gothic, the public and the guard are ignorant too, though, to an extent. Well, there's and that that's an important, an important aspect as well, because there's no leadership. There's no leadership in a prison structure. There's no, you don't see guards that are intelligent. You don't see guards that are in control of their emotions. You see animals. These guards are just like the individuals on the other side, only they have uniforms. Kind of like what we saw up there in Memphis, Tennessee with the, the cops that beat that poor kid to death. Rest in peace, Tyree. You know? So that's a very good point in itself. You know, the hostility and all that that goes inside in the Mr. Don Draper. How accessible is quality reading material in the joint? That's another very good question. And it, it's difficult for me, uh, Mr. Don, to, to, to answer that now in today's schematics because of COVID, right? And, and they're electric, you know, they're making everything electronic. So... They're trying to go paperless inside of prisons. I don't know how accessible people are to actual physical books anymore. This is another dangerous, dangerous thing. Dangerous thing. I'll get into that in a minute. But as far as the reading material on their, their iPads and JPEGs, I don't know how accessible they are and and how censored they are. Right? So... um. It's always going, reflecting back on my time, it has always been hard to get the material that I wanted. And, and that was the manipulation that I got into because my thirst for knowledge, right, when, when, when I expunged myself, I squeezed that sponge and all that crap came out of me and I let the sponge go. Of course, what happened? That sponge wants to suck everything into it. So not only was I wise enough in that moment to understand that now that I displaced all that bad information, I have to be very careful of what I put into my brain. I pick and choose and I verify and I research. And then I say myself, I believe this. This is going here. 
So after I started putting those pieces in, I was thirsty. I wanted to read everything. Autobiographies. You know what I mean? Of, of, of the presidents. Like I wanted to read at one point. I made it a mission to read the autobiographies or biographies of, of someone close of all the presidents, right? I got up to Woodrow Wilson. Uh, Woodrow Wilson disgusted me. Ugh. Anyways, let's not get on that. But, <sighs> Democrat, Woodrow Wilson, downfall of this nation. I tell you, don't get me started on that. Anyways, but going back to the question. The reading material. Man, I started um, the, the Gandhi's, Muhammad Gandhi's autobiography. Man, if, if, if everybody should read this, everybody should read and understand from this man's own mouth, his own hand of the experiences that he walked through through life. Truly a great human being. Um, the works of Plato. These, these were books and these books are not in prison. To answer your question, Mr. Don, right? These books are not in prison. So my hustle, right, was the fact that I build my body up, I go work out, and then I go take some flicks. They'll take pictures of you inside. I'll get those flicks. It takes like two, three weeks to get your pictures back. And then I put them on a pen pal site, right? And I would get boatloads of mail, right? And then when that mail comes, they're asking, is there anything I can do for you? Can I get you anything? And I wasn't into hustling for money. I wasn't into that anymore. I was thirsty. The only thing on my mind was books. And when I'm reading these books, I'm going into the end and I'm looking in the indexes. I'm looking at the sites. I'm writing down those books. I had a, a book list. I would call my mom and my pops and I'd be like, man, order me these books, whatever they couldn't order. I'd have pen pals order me these books. So that is how I hustled the knowledge that I got. And a lot of those books, like when you come by the studio, I'll show you. I think I showed you a lot of those books were with me in prison through some of my hardest times that I would sit and I would write in and note in those books sitting on the shelf. That's how dear they are to me that I mailed them home and kept them close to me because that's how hard it was to get that material. You know, you damn near got to confiscate, you know, confiscate the, the true thing. It's, it's contraband. And they actually have a list of books that are not allowed in the institution. You can't even get them in. They will they'll throw them away. The, the, the 48 laws of power is one of them. They will not let the 48 laws of power in prisons. You have to sneak them in any kind of way that you, you can get them in. Or you hustle the mail clerk. You find out who's an R&D, who the male person is. You catch them on the compound. You talk to them. You become friends with them, whatnot. Kick it with them. And be like, hey, man, let a book slide through. I got you, man. Let me know when it's coming through and I'll look for it. Just pass it on through, you know. Relationship building, networking. That's what we do in prison. But the programs, like anything else, um... I, I can say that there was no programs that helped me. There were no programs. And I took a lot of programs, but I took them um, specifically for, which is another aspect of programs, certificates, right? You have to have certificates in your jacket. If you're trying to win anything in court, 
If you're trying to get to a lesser security prison, you know, anything like that, you, you want to get certificates, you want to show that you're programming, you want to show that you're doing these things, you know? So yeah, we would, a lot of times we would buy certificates, you know? So, um, you can just get the certificates, you buy the certificates, you go to the classes to get them, however you get them. But the, the agenda and the motive behind that is just to get those certificates for your jacket. But me, I never learned anything in these these programs. It was everything, how I, the person you see today, and man, I wish y'all knew me back then. I really did. You know, I really do wish that you guys knew me back then to see the difference, the transition, you know, to see the transition. But who you see today was built solely upon the fact that I wanted to be a good person my whole life. I just wanted to be a good person. Even though I was doing bad things, I was justifying them in my in my mind, making excuses for them, and all at the same time calling myself a good person. That was the transition that I had to go through in 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 prison, was to to stop calling myself a good person. I wasn't. And and be okay with that. Come to grips with that. And be honest with myself. I'm not a good person. I lie, I cheat, I steal, I, I beat people. You know what I mean? I do all these things. That's not what good people do. So it was stop justifying, stop making excuses, stop calling myself a good person because that stunted my growth. When we say that we know something, right, we, we, there's no room for growth there because we already know it. So our mind isn't looking to, to, to expound upon that. It's not looking to grow. So when we're sitting here saying, I know, I know, you're not learning anything. So when I'm sitting there saying, I know I'm a good guy. I know I'm a good guy. What you talking about? Man, I'm a good guy. I'll never be a good guy. So I had to transition that and bring that into the fact that, you know what? I want to be a good guy. I do. I truly did. In my heart, I wanted to be a good guy. I wanted, I wanted people to speak positive about me. I wanted people to come to me for comfort. That was the biggest thing about me. Always has, always will be. You know, I'm a creature of comfort. I like I like people to be comfortable, mostly because that's where I get their honest self. I'll, I'll be able to read a person much more easily when they're in in a in a state of comfort, and you know, versus when they're on guard. So I'm always trying to make people comfortable, you know. But that was the transition for me, and I just went into the programming myself. So at the end of the day, yes, programs are available for the individual that wants them. They will bring them into them, you know. Um, I'm praying that that my my coming home coalition continues to grow, and and continues to to gain support with these officials as as I speak with them. Every official I speak to, I blow them out of the water, you know. So I, I just hope that I continue to grow at that point, and and um, we can establish that link. This is the link I want to establish: a link between our community and our prison. You know, there's absolutely no reason why a, a, a dedicated nonprofit should not have access to the prison to get inside, implement programs. Um, I'm seeing a lot more of that. Thank God. I am seeing a reprieve. I honestly am. I'm seeing I, I've never heard criminal justice talked about so much on the national scale. I've never um, 
I've never seen so many uh, legislators and representatives hollering about programs and actually listening to us, you know, and, and, and not listening as far as placation, you know, because I still see a lot of that, you know, listening because they don't want to be the one to say, why are we listening to this, this prisoner? So we'll just smile at him. You know, yeah. You just want to reach across the table and just smack them. But I'm seeing a lot less of that, you know, honestly and truly. And people really do want to get into the crux. But as always, we got bigger fish to fry, right? Man, that used to always piss me off, man. We'd be sitting in prison and we'd be waiting on a bill to come up, parole, anything, And as soon as October, something came around, something would happen. Some big national event would happen and shut down the Congress and our bills would be just thrown away. Man, that used to happen time and time again. Gothic Harley Quinn, how about the local high schools getting involved in some way? Well, what I'd like to see, what I'd like to see is, is some sort of program. I don't know. I don't know. That that's always on my mind working with juveniles and 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 the, and the incarcerated, and I just don't know how a tie into that could come. The only reason why is because kids see things literally. They they don't they cannot see things um what's the word I'm looking for? But but kids kids they see things as they are, literally. And for me, like these scared straight programs bringing kids into prisons, all of these things, they don't work. They don't work. What I I had a discussion not too long ago. What I'm trying to do, because what people have been trying to do is, is get the public to, to understand solitary confinement. Let's use this, right? So it's trying to get the public to understand solitary confinement. So they build these mock cells, um, things of that nature. But at the at the end of the day, when a public citizen goes into one of these cells, they know they're going right back out. And they don't stay in there but maybe 30 seconds, right? They don't get the essence or the feel. It's just like walking into an empty room to them. They don't get that pressure. They don't get that sense of the walls closing in on them. And that is what they people are just trying to imitate it's not so much as you walking in the cell and seeing the inside of the cell it's you walking in the cell and feeling the 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 desperation feeling the anxiety feeling the 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 the, the, the scaredness the the no contact with humans and then hearing the sounds of solitary confinement the people beating their heads on the walls the crying the moaning you know the the Whatever people are doing to themselves in solitary confinement, you know, the constant in your ears over and over again. So 
I say all that to say when it comes to the bringing these juveniles into into the prison system in some kind of way the whole problem is the well, the, the the whole the whole agenda is to keep them out not even expose them to it but let them know that that there is a place that exists you know I don't I don't know really know Gothic, I don't know. That is something that really has to be talked with, with with psychiatrists, child psychiatrists, trauma teams, to figure out a way how to implement. I'm 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 holistically about getting our community involved. We need to get involved in our education system as well. Same thing with the prisons, because a lot of our schools have turned into prisons. So we have to get involved in that as well. You know, it's just we the people, man. We the people. We got to start getting up and doing things and stop relying on our, our representatives to get it done. We have to be the ones to do it. Get up, form groups, get people going, rent out a, a, a bingo hall at night on a Wednesday night and have a, a town meeting in there amongst the people in your community. Like, we have to start doing these things. People, like, what, like, what the hell is going on? All these derailments, all these chicken farms, everything that's going on in America, the prison system, the warehousing of the men, our school system, everything. We have neglected to pay attention to any of this stuff. And this is just what we have to start doing. And and a lot of these messages, um, specifically like this message here, will be heard from people on the inside too. And I stress that to them. You guys have to start doing your part. Put down the friggin' dominoes. Stop playing dominoes all day. Pick up your damn pants. Stop running around like you're still on on 38th and MLK. You know what I mean? And understand that we need you out here. We need leaders out here. We need these men. When the world is asking, where are the men? Where are the men? Where are the leaders? They're in prison. They're in prison. I'm telling these guys in there too, man, we need to stop with this stuff. Stop idolizing these crazy rappers, man. These these fake ass fugazi rappers. Stop idolizing them and giving these people houses on the hills when they don't deserve it. And they're ruining our children. They're ruining our neighborhood. They're ruining our communities. We need to stop idolizing these people and start idolizing individuals that have done things with their life. You know, done things with their life. Before I leave on this note, <clears throat> I heard Charles Barkley speak um, not too long ago about him going into different schools. And he said he went into a white high school, you know, in the, in the upper, he called it a white high school, upper upper class, you know, uh, school. And... And um, rich school, maybe he didn't call it white, might be my bad, but rich school. However, I'm tired, folks. However, the point is, he said he went into this upper class school and asked the kids what they wanted to be when they grew up. And he heard doctors and lawyers, attorneys, you know, things of that nature, entrepreneurs, business owners. But when he went into the poor neighborhoods, and he asked the kids, what do y'all want to be when you grow up? Want to be ball players? Want to be dancers? Want to be entertainers? Actors? 
you know. That structure has to change. That structure has to change because that carries over into the prison industrial system as these kids that have that mentality now are becoming adults and realizing that a lot of those those dreams were just dreams. That that it's not a way out, you know, that that way out is is slim to none. And now that they're adults and the world is expecting them to produce, maybe they have a couple children. This is where this is where the problem starts to ensue at. Right. This is where they start picking up the drugs. They start idolizing their neighbor who's driving, you know, these these big cars and, and things of that nature. Probably not even knowing that the dude driving the big car is a federal rat, you know, and he's just out here slinging dope left and right trying to set people up. But. That's all I got, really, you know, um, programs, they're there. They definitely need to be enhanced. They need to be improved. They need to be inmate ran. They need to be um, approved by community organizations because at the end of the day, these these people are coming back into these communities. So I think we should have the say in what kind of programs they should have. You know, and again, these are a lot of my goals here at Coming Home Coalition is is implementing community into the prisons. Right. So um, I didn't say it at the top. But please do so now. Visit www.cominghomecoalition.com. Visit uh, Project Start Fresh. My beautiful co-founder, Miss Yvette Harvey's project to take one individual from homelessness to self-sufficiency. And she's been doing a remarkable job with her first client. I mean, this dude is soaring. Really, really, really doing great. Still needs a lot of help. We have a raffle coming out. That raffle is going to be... What's today? Today's the 16th. We'll do the raffle somewhere around this time next month. Raffle for the Tampa Bay Rays tickets. You can win you free Rays tickets and support Eddie and becoming self-sufficient and getting back to his, his, his life, getting his kids back into his life, doing all the things that, that we want to do. So www.cominghomecoalition.com Project Start Fresh That's all I got, peeps Lessons, man It's scary times out there, you know I'm gonna have this episode with Miss Penny Pierce out And I do recommend that you guys Listen to it, man Because it speaks a lot On how to stay centered in these times How to stay grounded How to stay focused and, And to do away with the distractions around us the multitude and multitude of distractions that are frightening us. You know, so very important episode. I'm going to try to get that out. Finish getting out the episode with Tamujin. And uh, we'll see you Saturday night, man. God bless. Stay peace and love. And if you haven't heard it from anywhere else, you can hear it from me. I love you. Stay strong. Stay safe. Thomas Freeman. I'm out. Peace.